Welcome to Ask the Tech Coach, brought to you by the TeacherCast Educational Network. If you are in charge of professional development and looking to build an innovative digital learning experience, this is the podcast for you. Join us each week as we uncover strategies that tech coaches are using to drive their digital transformations one classroom at a time. And now for your host, with over two decades of experience working with tech coaches and edtech companies from all around the world, Jeff Bradbury. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today and making TeacherCast your home for professional development. This is Ask the Tech Coach podcast, episode number 224. And today I'm going to ask you the important question. Are you a minimalist instructional coach? We're going to deep dive into what it means to be a minimalist instructional coach and a minimalist teacher and how you can declutter not only your curriculum, yourself, the world around you, but even your teachers. How do we help your teachers create decluttered lives, decluttered classrooms, so that way they have all the free time in the world to focus on the things that they want to focus on, their health, their life, their family. We have so much stuff to talk to. My guest today is the author of a brand new book called The Minimalist Teacher out from ASCD. But before we get into talking to our guest today, I am excited to announce that we are officially live. We are officially launched and askthetechcoach.com received a major facelift in the last couple weeks, um, completely getting overdone. A couple weeks ago, I decided to uh, take a good hard look at TeacherCast, went through all the pages. There was a hundred and some pages on our WordPress site, and I decided to declutter it. So kind of a fitting topic for what we're talking about today, but I got rid of 50 or so pages, and really every single page on TeacherCast in the last few weeks has been overhauled, redone, redesigned, new themes, new colors. You might notice that on the graphics for this, there's new logos. TeacherCast now has a new logo. Uh, taglines have been removed. Front back has front the front has been redone. The back has been redone. I re-SEO'd everything, all to help you become a better instructional coach, all to help you navigate the resources, be able to download the freebies. And, and it's all in in the idea that if I'm going to be more productive for you. The website has to be more productive for you. In turn, the podcast has to be more productive for you. So in turn, again, you can be more productive for you. So if you like it, uh, love to get some feedback, please feel free to reach out to me at TeacherCast on Twitter. Uh, you can, of course, head on over to the brand new TeacherCast.net. Would love to hear your thoughts, your feedback. Um, everybody who's been uh, stopping by has said a lot of good things about it, and I want to say thank you to those who are listening who have gotten a chance to check it out. Beta tested a few things. If you see a bug, let me know. If something links to something funny, let me know. I am going through them still more than 50 pages or so to make sure that every little link is good. But um, we got some exciting stuff going on here at Ask the Tech Coach. Sue and I are working really hard in the Instructional Coaches Network. We now have more than 1,100 coaches in our Facebook group. And I'm going to kickstart our LinkedIn group and get back onto our K-12 Leaders group. Lots of good stuff going on there. And uh, guys, I want to say thank you before we get to our interview again today of just supporting the network. It's been 11 plus years of teacher cast, thousands of podcast episodes, hundreds of blogs, and uh, it's been really, really cool. But my question to you today is how 
do you do all of this stuff? How do you become more productive? How do you make sure that everything you're doing has purpose, has a function? And how are you leading a minimalist life? My guest today has been an educator for over 20 years, and I am excited to have her on. She's done extensive work in a great organization called ASCD and has worked a lot with the emerging leaders, something that I know and love and am certainly a part of that group. Also, I want to bring on today Miss Tammy Musinowski borderman Tammy, how are you today? Welcome to Ask the Tech Coach. Thank you, Jeff. It's great to be here. I am so excited to have you on. I've been following you for a while now, checking out some of the stuff here. Um... First of all, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. What have you been up to these days? And uh, how's your school year been so far? Um, Yeah, there's quite a few things that I've been doing this school year. So I, you know, like many educators, we do a number of things. Um, So primarily, I am the director of teaching and learning at a small independent school in Kailua, Kona, Hawaii. So I live on the big island. Mm -hmm. Um, So I work with teachers there at the school and students, which is a great uh, role because I do get to still work in classrooms and teach and things like that. So it's lots of fun. And then I also help teachers like do teacher coaching and do teacher in service. Um, And then I'm also on a couple of other company teams. I work with a good friend of mine on her team, um, Lavana Roth in Ignite Your Shine. I do work with her. And then Crystal Lay, who's of Resonance Education. So I do some um, coaching, consulting work with her. And then finally, I've got my own small business too. So I I do some work around minimalism and education. And that's um, the book that my friend and I wrote for ASCD. So a bunch of pockets that I work in. That that sounds exciting. Tell what what is education like out in Hawaii? I it's similar, different, kind of different. Yeah. Um, it's similar and different for sure. Yeah, there, we have a pretty extensive public school system. Um, one of the unique things about it is that all of the islands are the same public school system. So teachers are spread across islands, but they'll gather for conferences and and events like that to get together. Um, but then there's a small network of charter schools and independent schools um, that service kids as well so that there's there's some more choice in education for families. Um, but, you know, it, it's a very unique place and it's um, sometimes hard to to do things the way that you can on the mainland for a number of reasons, just, you know, accessibility to uh, resources and and funding and things like that. So it's a bit of a challenge, but it's really unique because I do love um, every school does place-based education in some way with Hawaiian culture. So um, that's one of the pieces that I really, really enjoy about being out there. You, you had mentioned that the entire island um, is one big school district. So I, I'm curious, <laughs> I, you know, I, I'd love to get out to Hawaii at some point when yeah. teachers get together is that a boat trip? Is that an airplane trip? Like, how, what's the logistics of that? I mean, do they have traveling coaches that have to fly around? Like, how does all that look work? So, for the public schools, they have—they're um, not called districts; they're called complex areas. So, on the Big Island, we have um, a fairly small population, but it's a really large island. So, we have uh, several complex areas where certain schools will report into, just like a district, you know, in a lot of places on the mainland. Um, and then there are several people within those complexes, like your superintendents and your coaches and uh, supervisors and and people like that. So they do the traveling 
around on the islands. Um, but then when teachers get together to do work, it's, um, it, it might be virtual or like there's a lot of, a, a lot of um, events that happen on Oahu because it's the most populous island. It has the most schools. So there's a lot of events there. So people will hop on a, um, almost like a, like a small jet, right? Like a commuter jet. And cause a lot of the islands are only like a half an hour flight between mm. them. So it's pretty accessible to get across. That sounds exciting. I, I, I mean, I would assume that because it's a smaller area, everyone seems to be really tight or is there a good relationship between everybody? Cause you're all kind of out there. I mean, how, how does all that work as far as building relationships with your colleagues? Um, for me, it's, it's been, um, I guess like moving anywhere. Cause I moved a couple of years ago. I've been on the uh, big Island for two years now. And so I found my initial network uh, on Twitter, just like a lot mm. of, a, lo a lot of us do. So, um, I've been able to get in touch with, uh, the state teachers organization and, and kind of join in that community there, um, because they do events and they host writing, uh, retreats and things like that. So, and that's one of my interests. So I found that group, um, but everybody's kind of spread out. And so, um, it's, it's a bit of a challenge to, to find people in my area, but you know, the more I get to know, um, where I'm going and who people are, then it's, it's a little bit easier, but yeah. Right. Now, recently you, as you mentioned, you and your co-host came out with a book from ASCD and I'm looking forward to learning a little bit more about it today called the minimalist teacher. My yeah. first question of course is, with all of the stuff that's going on, with all of the initiatives, with all of the curricular changes, with all of the post-pandemic stuff, mm -hmm. can teachers be minimalist these days? Um, yeah, it doesn't seem realistic, does it? <laughs> um, because in in our book, we call educa education kind of like a maximumist thing. Like the more you do, the better it is. And let's take on a new program or let's take on this new initiative. And it's all this newness all the time. Um, but it is actually possible in all of the stuff that surrounds us um, to find areas that we can cut back because the, the idea is that we're finding greater purpose in what we're doing and prioritizing so that we can focus on teaching. And so that does seem really hard because there are mandates and there are uh, team meetings and um, committees and meeting parents and uh, and teaching right and student needs but um, uh, it, it can seem like a challenge but it is possible when you get to have a little bit of reflective time to kind of peel back some of those layers it, it's a great concept here because I mean for myself I, I run between 25 buildings I'm I'm in pre-k one minute and I'm in the mm -hmm. you know central office the next minute and, and everything in between and I'm constantly shifting altitudes if you will yeah how can somebody create a, a culture or a lifestyle or an educational system for themselves when they have just this day-to-day -day bombardment with a whole bunch of different things? How do you compartmentalize all that stuff and, and keep your own sanity going? Yeah, it can be a challenge for sure. Um, I think you mentioned compartmentalizing, and I think that's one of the things that can help is when you can kind of separate out some of these tasks or duties or um, places you have to go to keep 
to help keep your mind straight. Um, but it is helpful to, to list out like all of your priorities or all of your tasks at certain points and start prioritizing them and, and think about what the purpose is behind each thing that you do. And, um, if you sort thing in our book, we have, um, um, the, the name of it's escaping my mind, but it's a quadrant. And, um, it's something that similar to what Stephen Covey had in one of his books and, um, several people have used this type of quadrant, but when you use some kind of system or organizer to sort out your priorities in particular, um, you can really highlight the, the things that are the, the high priorities, the high need, the important and urgent things that you do need to take care of. Um, because sometimes those other things that, yeah, they're important, but they might not be urgent or they're urgent, but not so important. Those can sometimes override the things that are actually the high priority. And so we get lost in that, right? So like, think of all the emails that you have to answer and all the phone calls you have to make back and all the meetings you have to have. But when we when we can list those things out and say, you know what? Yep, this needs to be a meeting or no, that's an email or, you know, that kind of thing. And you, you spend even just a few minutes a day doing that. It can be really helpful to help um, just sort out your own thoughts, see it on paper, and then come come away with just a short list of like, these are the must do's for today or this week or however you sort it out. I, I, that's fascinating. You know, we, we started talking here a few weeks ago on the show about the concept of, you know, second brain productivity, taking the stuff that you need to have that's important, but at the same time, you don't really need to be putting all your computing power into it in your yeah. mind, yeah. putting it somewhere. And and you're, we're, we're going to be diving a lot into this concept on this show and across teacher cast over the next few months here. But, mm -hmm. you know, you, you mentioned in the book here, do less, but do less better. And, yeah. and I love that concept because, it, you know, even as a coach, you're always the one that, pardon my words, getting mm -hmm. things dumped on you is not the appropriate way. Right. But as a coach, you get a lot of things put on your plate, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you set up a world where even though the world is coming at you from your, your principal, your teachers, your departments, your committee meetings, your all that stuff, how do you do less, but do it better? Great question. Um, it comes down to purpose, really. So like if if our school founder, you know, I'm only there part time, but if I come back to the school and there's all these things for me to catch up on, um, I'm asking, okay, what is the purpose behind this? And, and where does it sit within our priorities? Is it going to enhance student learning? Is it going to make learning more engaging, um, then that's going to be a high priority for me. If it's something that's like the minutia stuff, that's the stuff that I'm going to push to the side. So I've kind of trained myself um, and it's taken a while, right? Because mm -hmm. I can definitely be a squirrel where I'm like, oh, this, that's shiny and that's, that's fun and all of that, you know, that it's education is a lot of stuff like that. And um, I know a, a lot of other coaches and consultants and educators who are the same way where we're like, Ooh, this is a, this is a fun activity. I'm going to scrap this and do this instead. Or, you know, you just get lost in, in all the minutia, but um, it, it is a lot of mental training. And once you um, keep in mind your purpose and the priorities, it does reduce a lot of cognitive load. Like you definitely don't feel as tired when you aren't spending your time thinking about things that aren't the important things. So like 
yeah, I mean, there's an importance to them, but they're not the the most important things or the reason why you're doing something. I, that's interesting you say that. I've noticed that recently, especially with myself moving away. And, we, and again, these are some of the topics that we've been discussing here on the show. But, you know, I moved away from my Google-ness. I've moved away even from a lot of the Microsoft-ness. And I focused on I'm going to organize myself in one application and it's going yeah. to do X, Y, and Z. And it's it's and I've been getting into Notion and putting I put all my coaching stuff into Notion, put all my podcasting stuff into Notion. But, you know, this goes into what you're saying here. You have a lot of chapters in this book called The Minimalist Teacher from ASCD about decluttering yourself, decluttering your physical environment, curriculum, the world around you. Um, Talk to us a little bit about this, right? Like, let's kind of break down a few of these. You've got a lot of great stuff here in the book. Um, Decluttering your physical environments. I know as a coach, I walk into a second grade classroom and it is sensory overload. Yeah. Of course, it's designed for second graders. Right. Yeah. What can we be thinking about as a teacher or as a coach when it comes to decluttering our physical environments? Um, well, it's important to think about the purpose for the things on the walls, right? Or in the cupboards and on, on the cabinets for the kids to use. Um, and again, we can we can become squirrels and think, you know, oh, this is so cute. I'm going to put it up for the kids and they'll really love this. And But if they're not going to use it, then it's just clutter in your space. So it's, and it's hard as a teacher because I've been there. I used to love like putting stuff up, but then over time again, I, I came to realize like, I really need to use my wall space for the kids. That's for their stuff. They can decide what goes up there um, within the parameters that I could, of course, in, in my schools. But when I had more freedom to ha- let the kids decide, um, the classroom looked very different. Um, and it was a lot less cluttered when it was things that they would choose. Right. Um, and when I realized that I didn't need so much stuff in the space. So a lot of this realization around the physical environment for me, um, and Christine, actually my co-author, because we move internationally, Right. So you really have to declutter your lifestyle mm-hmm. to, to be able to move quickly, easily, efficiently with as little as possible, but the things that you need. And so I had gone from uh, teaching in a New York City schools classroom in public school where it was like to the max, you know, like chart papers off the strings and the lights and all mm-hmm. the papers on the board and all the books and all the Chromebooks in the cart and all of that. And then I moved to Singapore into a small room that was basically bare. And I had not experienced that because most teachers will move into a classroom and there's some other teachers old stuff in there, right? Like that's happened to everybody. And that in itself is overwhelming and it's not even your stuff. And then your stuff piles on top of that stuff. But there's research that shows like the, the physical environment dramatically impacts our mental state. And so if you're walking into a room where you automatically feel stressed out, that's not healthy for yeah. you. And if, if you're feeling like that, your kids might feel like that too, right? So if you have all this stuff hanging around and it's all bright and rainbows or yellow, I mean, it's, it's cute and it's great. And I know it's like not that way in high school, but um, I think there's some things we can learn from high school classrooms to an extent, right? where it's like, it's a little bit more 
minimalist where you use the board for certain things and then that's kind of it, you know? Um, but it, it's definitely overload. It's overstimulation for us visually, which clutters our mind. It takes up space that we need to think and learn. So it, it's a process to declutter a physical environment and that's stressful, but it's something that people actually need to spend time doing so they can feel better when they're in their, in their space. I, I would imagine decluttering your digital world around oh. you is just as important. I mean, yeah. and again, that goes Absolutely. for, you know, me putting everything over here into Notion, it's all in one spot. I spent the last couple of weeks redesigning the, the teacher cast site. So instead of having, I mean, literally, I went from 106 WordPress pages to now I'm down to like 55. Wow. Because yeah. why have all of this digital garbage running around? It's yeah. just reorganize things a little bit. It yeah. makes it easier for my listeners and my users and stuff like that. And it's yeah. who on their mobile device is going through 106 page. Like, it's never going to happen. Yeah. What advice do you have for coaches out there on this? I mean, we all have our Google drives. We all yeah. have our one drives. We all have our one notes. We all have yeah. our, oh my goodness. It yeah. is overwhelming. And then on top of that, as a coach, I have your digital drive and I have somebody <laughs> yes. else's and I have my, yeah. my administrator's digital drive. And then I have yeah. the districts. Help. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's mind blowing. I know I was looking at my Gmail list of emails, right? I didn't, like, even, I didn't even say the word email. My goodness. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> then, you know, you click on your Gmail and you've got the whole list of like seven other emails and then all those drives. But yeah, that's, that's definitely an issue, especially if you, um, don't start it in an organized way, right? Where you're kind of going into an unfamiliar territory. People are still learning how to use Google Docs and Google Drive and, yeah. and those um, like collaborative spaces, which are all great spaces if you go into them realizing that if you're not, if you don't stay on top of it, it's just a disaster, just like that closet that you want to keep shut. So um, just some simple things like, labeling your files with like numbers like 01 dash you know whatever your your top priority file is and kind of prioritizing your files in a way the, like the ones that you always go to and then um, even putting the date and then specific words like that's really helpful or color coding the files in your google drive that's like then your eye just goes to the color and you know where you're going simple things like that. And then you can match your calendar to your files, right? So if your school folder in your drive is blue, then make all your school stuff blue in your calendar. So those kind of like simple streamline things that sometimes we don't think that they're that important to do, but it reduces like you looking around for things and spending time in your Google search bar that never works anyway. <laughs> so it's so funny that you're saying this stuff and that we're having this conversation. I mean, everything that we're talking about now, even in my classrooms, it all comes down to these little productivity tips, you know, yeah. again, on a Google drive, yes, you can star something, mm -hmm. but then once but a quarter go into your stars and unstar them, like declutter, your yeah. decluttering. And it, I think a lot of teachers either a aren't thinking about this mm -hmm. or they're thinking it takes a lot of time, but it really doesn't take a lot of time to do all this. Right. And so if you set it up for teachers in the way that like you kind of want that mirrored. So when they share something back with you, it's already labeled in the same way you are, you're already have the same structure in place. 
And then hopefully that translates, right? So if they're using Google Classroom, they can do that same thing for their students or, you know, or sharing other documents with other people. Then it's already set up that way. So yeah, systems are great. Let's move over to curriculum, right? Sure. So many teachers, especially now, are starting brand new curriculums in English, mm -hmm. in yeah. math, in science, in yeah. literacy. And then you as the digital learning coach come in and go, hey, and we're going to do Teams or we're going to do yeah. Google Doc, right? Like, So yeah. you, you just feel the weight of a coaching position on these teachers who are struggling. And you know, as a coach, all you want to do is to take stuff off their hands, but they're looking at you as, oh, gosh, there's one more thing I have to do, or, you know, there's yeah. an initiative that's put on, or there's social emotional learning goals, or there's PBIS goals. What yeah. can a teacher do? Or I'll even rephrase it this way. How can a coach help a teacher declutter their mandated curricular assignments? Yeah, we just had this conversation today with some teachers where I'm here in New York with Lavana this week and we're just we were just talking about this today and how you know teachers are feeling the pressure of this new curriculum that they have and we're in there coaching specific things with them but the key here is that we're not coaching to add something to their plate we're embedding what we're coaching within what their what their current structures are so even though their curriculum is overloaded um because they have a new um ela program we're saying, okay, take a look at all the things that you are think like the, that you're mandated with, right? That you have to do in a day or a week. What are thing, the things that don't match your kids' needs? Pluck those things out, and then put slide in these other things that are going to be more meaningful for your kids' learning. So it's it's a decluttering process, right? So and prioritizing. So it takes a bit of time and uh, a bit of um, reflection, obviously, right. Cause you got to sit and think about these things, but it's also about getting to the point where you, um, you realize that you can't do all the stuff that's in your teacher guide too. like, and it's not really meant or written in a way that you're supposed to do all of that. But there are some teachers that they're like, but I have to do all these things. Like I have to fit all of this in, but it's just not reasonable or possible. And it's burning people out already. But and what it has if, for years. But what if you're the teacher that's sitting in a department meeting or a district level meeting and, you know, your curriculum director starts with, and this is what you'll be doing. You can't deviate from this. This is, and you're taking that as yeah. the word, right? Cause right, I was in right. there like, this I've is your there. curriculum. There <laughs> yeah. is no left or right. Yeah. Go. And you're like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. And my hope, right. And I think all of our hope would be that even though we want, might want to stick to a program with as much fidelity as we can, right. We do have to think about students in front of us. The student learning is our priority. So if something in the program doesn't match what our kids need, then what is the purpose of doing it? It's wasting time and energy. It's burning teachers out because they're worried about it. Some, a lot of kids don't have foundational skills to, to work from, to be able to do some of those things that are in the programs and, and built into the pacing guides yet, right? Like they're just not there yet. Mm -hmm. And so teachers are spending their precious time doing things that aren't doing their kids any justice. And that 
is that why we're in education? I would hope not. <laughs> right. I don't think that's why any of us got into teaching. Like, didn't we get in teaching to help our kids be successful? You know? Well, that, that just brings us into this next one of, of decluttering just the world around you, this whole mm -hmm. concept of everything. Yeah. I've spent the last month or so just looking around here and, you know, it, it, I, I know right now you're looking at a very messy desk, but that's only <laughs> from the last 24 hours. I mean, I right. am completely in this office minimized, minimized, minim minimized I've decluttered. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. A lot of this because there's no way I can continue to produce content and be a teacher and be a dad and be a husband and all these other things. If whenever I look at my workspace, it's, yeah. it's a mess. And yeah. so just trying to figure out, okay, what can I get rid of or what can I organize or what can I move around? Mm -hmm. um, what would, what, what would you consider the difference between your physical environment and like the world around you? How, how do those differ? Um, world around you would be kind of like your lifestyle, right? Cause a lot of these ideas come from lifestyle. So when we think about Japanese culture and, um, a lot of, um, I don't, have you heard of Ikigai where you're finding the purpose in, in kind of all the spaces in your world. Okay. And so, um, we are, we're taking ideas from culture and lifestyle and bringing that into education. So if you think about, well, what is the purpose of um, just you being here, right? Or like, why, what, what do I find my greatest purpose in life is? And we're thinking about, okay, well, how am I creating meaning in each, each and every day and bringing that into education? So we're, we're taking the, the big ideas and then saying, okay, this, this is going to help me focus on what's important. It's going to help me find value in what I'm doing every day. It's going to help me find value in at work. It's going to help me find value at home. And when I find that, that helps me just get rid of a lot of stuff that takes space, right? And that could be the stuff that you keep in your house or ideas that you have or relationships that you're in, right? So you it's, it's important to think about all of those aspects of our lives. And when we can think about the value that things bring into our lives, it helps us get rid of the stuff that doesn't add value. If anybody out there is shaking their head, maybe you're driving in the car, you're <laughs> listening this in your office. I would love to hear from you. You can always reach out to us over at ask the tech coach. You can go to askthetechcoach.com. You can look this up. This is ask the tech coach podcast episode number 224. I would love your thoughts on this because, you know, Tammy, as we were saying, it, it all just comes back to this whole idea of being more productive, doing less, getting more out of it. And one of the things you started to mention in the book is something called the triple P cycle. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. And I've been kind of referencing it a little bit. So um, we came up with this idea of, you know, if we're thinking about what our purpose is for, you know, teaching kids or what's the purpose behind this new curriculum or this new initiative. Um, so we can think about these bigger ideas. So that's our first P in the triple P framework. So we're thinking about our larger purpose. And then within that, um, we created these kind of more focused priority questions. So we have that overarching purpose. And then as you start asking your questions uh, about priorities, right? So if the purpose of this new initiative is to um, engage families in more meaningful ways, right? 
Um, so then what are the priorities within that? Well, we're going to um, prioritize like meetings with parents or Zoom calls or, you know, all of these things. So there's a lineage of questions that kind of dig deeper into the priorities within a greater purpose. And then once you go through that process, you're kind of left with like a pared down state. So really just the things that you need to be able to meet that greater purpose. So in the book, we have, they're literally funnel images with all these questions in it that go from purpose priorities down to the pared down state. And then after that, we have some suggestions or we call them provocations as a way to like get people thinking about how they can take these ideas or these questions and then bring that into whether it's like decluttering the physical environment, your curriculum or initiatives and whatever you're focusing on. Hmm. And you said, where did all this come from? Like, what was the genesis of all of putting all this together? I mean, did you find that yourself recently was just very decluttered and you're, let's write a book on this topic? Like, how did this whole project come together? I'm curious. Yeah, sure. So um, Christine and I used to teach together in Singapore, um, right next door to each other. And she had moved from Tokyo and I was moving from New York and, you know, teaching next door to each other. We started chatting and uh, became friends. And a lot of our prof professional conversations were about, you know, like, this is kind of where we came from and this is what we're looking at right now. And, you know, we just kept asking ourselves, like, you know, what are, what are, let's look at a, a bunch of stuff that we're, we're thinking about in education. What are a lot of things that we always talk about? And so we actually put together a, a different book proposal, but um, one piece of it was minimalism in education, just one little part. And so then we, when we met with the acquisitions editor, um, that was the part she's like, let's talk about like this one thing that you guys kind of touched on in this whole other manuscript you put together. And we said, you know what, actually, this is kind of what really interests us because we've been living this because we've moved a lot. We've gone through these processes and um, it would be helpful for us to think about education in this way. And so through the whole writing process, um, like we were writing it during COVID and Christine was teaching um, in Brussels and she was finding that the the even though the book wasn't published yet, but we had a bunch of the questions written, she was like, you know what, this is really being helpful in our team meetings when we're making decisions about how to do te um, online teaching. Hmm. And how do we like really focus on in this weird time where, you know, we're, we're having accessibility issues. We're having like, how do we navigate school online with all these kids and devices and, um, you know, just all the things that people have been going through, she really kept going back to like, but what is our purpose behind doing that? Because it, there, she was getting overwhelmed and it was, you know, it was a, it was a crazy time. It was really hard. So she found going back to some of those questions was really helpful. I, I love hearing the stories of how our projects get started. What was the conversations, you know, two people from literally around the planet <laughs> yeah. happened to be sitting next to each other doing things in a different land and next thing you know 
Yeah. Here you are in Hawaii. It's yeah. a really cool story uh, about this. And it, it really just kind of goes to show that no matter where we are, there's always somebody out there to help make those connections. There's Absolutely. always somebody out there to support us and do things. I, I want to ask you one more question here. And and obviously, look, please invite yourself on. Um, would love to have you and your co-host back on anytime to yeah. talk about this stuff. Love these topics here. I'm sure our coaches and our instructional coaching network have questions about this. Yeah, sure. So if you do have questions, let her rip. Let me know what these things are. When we're thinking about coaching, mm -hmm. when we're thinking about, you know, the fact that right now we're recording this, it's going to come out, you know, the show's coming out in early November. This is the time where everybody in school is now comfortable. Yeah. Things are getting thrown at us as coaches. Things are getting thrown at teachers. And even today, um, one of my somebody I was speaking to today mentioned, oh, yes, um, my life is over for the next 10 to 12 weeks because it's now the holiday season. And I'm going, uh, oh, right. We're going into holiday season here. Yeah. Things, I, things I don't remember because I'm no longer doing music, <laughs> right? Like you don't think about the <laughs> holiday season sometimes until it's like right in front of you. Yeah. Talk to the coaches out there. What advice do you have for being successful this mm -hmm. school year, navigating this school year. Uh, for many, we're still in the pandemic. For some, we've moved out of it. Every district's yeah. treating things differently. Yeah. But um, take a few moments, speak directly to the coaches. What do they need to hear? What would you like them to know? It's important to create boundaries. So um, because as a coach, you have people coming at you from you know, different roles. You've got admin, you've got teachers, you may have parents, you may be working with students. But if you spend time drawing some lines um, so that every under, everyone understands that maybe like you're not answering emails after 5 p.m. Um, unless, you know, there's some kind of emergency, that that's one of those important ones because holiday time is very stressful for people for so many reasons. And school stress on top of life stress during the holidays can just be, it's, it's a really hard time of year for so many people. So having some boundaries to create space for yourself to just have some time. And that, that might just be reading a book that you like or listening to music, go outside, even if it's cold out, like bundle up, take some hot cocoa or something with you and just detach from people um, don't talk to like even sign, like walking with no earbuds in whatever you need. Right. But that detachment from people I think is really important. Um, because even right now when, you know, I'm in schools for a few days a week or whatever, and I'm like, Oh man, I'm tired. <laughs> it's it's, and then I'm, you know, I'm thinking about, okay, well, what are they doing back at school? Cause I'm getting texts, you know, in our text chain and, I'm like, don't respond. I don't need to respond right now to that because I'm focusing here. So um, making sure people understand to like you're like we said before, compartmentalizing for ourselves. But people also have to understand when we're spending time. Like if you're focused with this group of teachers at this school right now, that's where your energy goes. And the other people need to understand that you're not going to tend to something that they might need. So it's it's a lot of it is about time. Right? Like there's a lot of things that will suck up your time and you're like how is the day over? How is the week over? How is it December? Where is the year going? 
And if we don't slow down a little bit for ourselves and even just within the work, right? Like make sure you're taking a break when you're at school, <laughs> like go to the bathroom, mm-hmm. close the door, turn the lights out, pretend you're not there or something. But that detachment is really, really important because when you're walking into a stressful season, it doesn't, it's, it's not going to be easier. I think it's a good spot to leave it right there um, so. <laughs> because I could go on for all of this and go on and on and on. Um, I'll throw one more question at you just because I'm kind of sure. looking at things. You've, you've taught in Hawaii, Singapore, New York, Edmonton. Yeah. What's next? Where do you want to go? You know, I don't know. Um, I, I'm a planner, but sometimes I don't have a super far ahead thought. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just enjoying being in Hawaii right now. Um, it's really beautiful. It's sometimes hard to leave it cause I, I miss it when I'm gone. Um, but at least <laughs> you, like, you went from Hawaii to New York city in the middle of October. Like, so. Yeah. I mean, it's beautiful here right now cause the trees are colorful, but you know, it's been cloudy and foggy and all of that. But, um, yeah, I'm not sure. I haven't, I, I have an idea work-wise, right? I like my variety where I'm, I'm out on the island for a good chunk of time and then I can, you know, traveling is back in place. So that helps. Um, so I don't know if there's a spot in mind right now. Nice. We'll see. We'll see. Let us know. Uh, yeah. Where can people get a hold of you? How do we find you on your socials? So my email is Tammy at planzplservices.com and I'm on Twitter and Instagram and my handle is at T-M-U-S underscore E-D. Tammy, thank you so much for coming on, sharing this book with us. We're going to make sure that all the links are going to be over on our podcasting show notes. Again, this is Ask the Tech Coach podcast, episode number 224. And as we're getting into those colder months, as we're getting into the heart of winter and into that second marking period is going to be coming up for many of us, please take the time for yourself. You know, again, 30 seconds every week, you can star those Gmails, get those things together, you know, declutter, make some email rules. Make sure that you're leading that minimalist life. You are going to be a lot better off for yourself, your family, and of course, your teachers and students on there. So if you have any questions, please feel free to write and let us know that you guys are doing. Don't also forget to uh, sign up for our TeacherCast Instructional Coaches Network. You can head on over to askthetechcoach.com. Scroll down to the bottom, check it out. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, we do have a brand new askthetechcoach.com website. Lots of great stuff, lots of freebies. And we are just getting started here on the TeacherCast Educational Network. So that wraps up this episode of Ask the Tech Coach. On behalf of me and everybody here on TeacherCast, my name is Jeff Bradbury, reminding you guys to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students. You've been listening to Ask the Tech Coach, hosted by Jeff Bradbury of the TeacherCast Educational Network. Please reach out to the show with all of your questions on Twitter at AskTheTechCoach or online at www.askthetechcoach.com. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And please take a moment to write a review in the App Store.